0: And today, we're going to talk about something that's very, very important. As a matter of fact, this is one of the messages that I would say, if you're not able to hear another one, this is the one you need to come to. It's that important. A couple of times as I've gone through this message this week, and I've spent a lot of time working on it, um, I was able to go through, and I actually was preaching to myself and talking to myself. I was fired up. And so this is in a, in one of those messages that we all need to hear because it can change your life. So as you've come today, I want you to recognize that God's word is true. God is moving in the world. God does have a plan for our lives. But there's an enemy for the hope that we have. And that enemy is fear. The enemy is fear. Satan's the enemy, yes, but the tactic that he uses most of the time in our lives to keep us from the promise and the fulfillment of the dream that God has for us is fear. The Bible talks about fear a lot a matter of fact if you go back and study it again going to the internet and studying about fear or 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 the time that the enemy comes in against us they'll tell you statistically or numerically that there are 365 verses and areas in the bible that it talks about fear not or don't be afraid now why do you think that is because every day you're going to be having the opportunity to fear something And so we're going to deal with that in Scripture. And I want you to know, if you will listen today, because statistically, I did some research on this. The the National Institute of Psychiatrists, it's some organization that's out there, they tell us that 90% of the people in the United States have a phobia. In other words, they have a fear. 90% of the people in the United States have a fear. They have a fear of something. And fear will keep you from moving forward in the plan that God has for your life. More than any single thing. So we're going to deal with that today. Our scripture um, for this series, there's two. The first one is Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. In other words, God's plan for your individual life is he's got a future and a hope and a dream for you. God has a plan for your life regardless of where you've been, what you've done, where you grew up, you grew up on the right side of the tracks, the wrong side of the tracks, or you were so far from the tracks there weren't any, God has a plan for your life, and it's good. God has a good plan. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this, and now abide these three, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, but the second greatest is hope. God's Hope has to be so big in us because God wants us to reach out and look up and move ahead. And when you lose hope, you've lost. Discouragement, depression, all of those are symptoms of lost hope. So this is a big issue. This is a big problem facing all of us as Christians. Because God's saying, I have a plan, I have a hope for you. And so the enemy is working overtime to eliminate the dream that God has for your life. But I have some good news for you today. Satan cannot take away God's plan for you. Satan can't do it. There's nothing that he can do in himself to eliminate God's dream for you. He can't talk God out of it. But I tell you what he will try to do is talk you out of it. The only one who can take themselves out of the dream and the plan for God's life for you is you you can ring out, you can check out, you can quit. But that's the only way God's plan for your life won't come to pass, regardless of your background, regardless of what happened yesterday, regardless of what's gonna happen tomorrow. If you will always choose to come back to the kingdom of God and serve him, he's gonna fulfill his plan for your life, amen? That's a good news, y'all. That is good news, Definition of hope, biblical hope is a confident expectation of a future blessedness or a desired end. The layman's definition is when you have hope, you have a supernatural expectancy that what God has promised will come to pass in your life. That's important, guys. That's important. That is a supernatural expectation that says, God, the plan that you have for my life, I believe that's going to come to pass regardless of what the circumstances look like around me. Regardless of what I see in the natural, regardless of what my friends say, regardless of what the economy says, regardless of what the president says, regardless of anybody else's opinion, you said... That you have a good plan for my life? Therefore, I'm going to believe that's come to pass regardless of what I see, feel, think, taste, or touch. That is good. A supernatural expectation. But let's talk about fear. Here's a layman's definition of fear. Fear is the opposite of love. Fear is the opposite of love. When we allow fear to rule in our lives, we are having faith in the wrong future that God has planned for us. In other words, when we have fear, fear is faith in the wrong thing. Fear, listen to me, this is important, write this down. Fear is faith in the wrong thing. Fear is believing something else is going to happen to you than what God has said. Did you know something? 90% of the things you worry about are never going to happen to you. 90% of the things that you worry about are never gonna happen to you. And I think that's an interesting statistic when you also look and say psychologists think, say that 90% of us live with a phobia. Hmm. Trisha, Trisha, one of the things that she's been scared about, and she's gotten a lot better, are are spiders. Okay? She, She sees a spider. There are spiders that she can see that are microscopic. I don't even know how she sees them and she she has in the past been scared of them before. And she said, "I'm scared of that spider." And it's like, "Why are you scared of that spider?" She, and she'll say something to the effect of because she's a little dramatic. "I'm scared it's going to jump up here and eat my face off." <laughs> and the spider's going I hope it goes away it's big it's coming you know and then the spider and she said well I'm scared it's going to jump up meet my face off do you know you can hurt yourself trying to get away from spider (laughs) I've told you guys I have an an inordinate uh, concern about snakes okay they're they're not my most favorite thing ever if if bluebell ice cream is my favorite thing snakes are at the opposite end of that I mean you know they're just not my friends. I told you guys the story last year that I was out weed eating and, and uh, it was just starting to warm up and the snakes were starting to come out and, and I think it was this big green, it was king snake. It was a big green and black, real pretty snake and, and I noticed I was weed eating around this telephone pole and I noticed a snake come out on the rocks and I knew that the snake was not poisonous. I knew that. And, and so I'm weed eating around and, I, and, and this moment of compassion rose up in me that I have a weed eater and there is a snake, and I have dominion over this snake. His life was in my hands, and I looked down at him, and I said, verily, verily, I will have compassion on thee. I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. And so I moved around, and I'm like all proud of myself that I didn't freak out or kill the snake. I had my cell phone in my pocket on vibrate. <laughs> True story. True story. If I'm lying, I'm dying, all right? I mean, I cell phone, left pocket, it's scarred into my brain. I had a cell phone in my pocket, and I'm, you know, I'm going around weeding. All of a sudden, my leg starts vibrating. You know what I was thinking? The snake has crawled up my pants, and it's biting me on the leg. That's what I was thinking. So I start my happy dance, so I'm outside dancing around, and it's St. Patrick's Day, so I was doing the, you know, I'm doing the little St. Patrick, and I'm jumping around, and the Lord, y'all, I can't get away with anything. I'm out there doing that, screaming, jumping up and down, and Kennedy walks by the window and stops. <laughs> and she's like, hey, something's wrong with Dad, <laughs> you know. And And the snake was not there. It was my phone. But that's what fear does to you, doesn't it? The snake was in the ground. My phone's vibrating in my pocket, so what does my mind do? This fear overtakes me. Fear makes you do stupid things, like dance around, like you're chasing your lucky charms. I mean, it was not good. (laughs) Now, those are funny things that happen with fear. But there are people whose entire life is defined by fear. We're gonna talk about four of these different things today and then I'm gonna show you the solution. I want you to know, I am so passionate about this. This is one of those, If I guess if you broke my life down and you named off the things that were really important to me, this is probably in the top three. Because I recognize what fear can do to us, all of us. So we gotta get a handle on this thing. The good news is God's given us a handle. All right, so here's number one on your notes. Number one, The fear of failure. The fear of failure. Some people do not try anything because they're afraid they're going to fail. You know anybody like that? It's like, hey, come on, we're going to go do whatever, fill in the blank. And they go, I don't want to do that. You go, why? You go, well, I might fail and everybody will laugh at me and and I'm going to feel stupid. And they live their whole life like that. You know, hey, do you want to go outside? No, nah, it might rain. And, and they just live with this fear, constant fear in their lives. The Bible talks about that. Matthew 25 verse 2 in the New King James Version. Jesus told a story of these three servants. And, and God, uh, in the story, the, the owner had given each of these servants talents in other words he'd given them money to invest and he went to one servant and gave him a certain amount of money and said go invest this and another servant and the one servant one of them gave five and he said go invest these talents go invest this money and the and the master went away and came back and said all right guys i want to see how you did first servant came back man he doubled the master's money the master was like man that's awesome good job second servant He doubled the amount of money that the master had given him. The third servant only had one talent. He only had, let's just say, 10 bucks. We'll make that number up. But he was scared of what would happen. He was scared of the master. And here's what he told the master. You know what? I was scared of you. And so instead of going out and investing that money, I took it and I buried it in the ground. And I dug it up today, and here it is. The master didn't respond very nicely to him. Matthew 25, two, and he says, and I was afraid, the servant says, I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent. I hid the investment in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And the master said, wicked servant, what were you thinking? If you would at least put it in the bank, I would have gained a little interest. And the story goes on to say, he took what was given to that servant and gave it to the one that had had the greatest return. But fear kept that servant from doing anything. And in the church, I see it all the time. Opportunities come up. Right now, we have an opportunity for people to serve in the nursery. Some of you go, I'm scared of diapers. I understand that. Things happen in diapers. <laughs> but some of your different areas of the church. You have an opportunity to serve. And I could come to you and say, hey, we need somebody to serve in this. And I could ask you about it. And you would come up with 20 reasons why you shouldn't do it. Well, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I I don't have enough experience, this, that, and the other thing. And instead of stepping in and serving, you bury your talent because you're scared of what might happen, fear of failure. So that's the first one. And here's the point. This is in your notes. If you're short on passion, it might be because your goals are too small and your fear is too big. Fear is a dream killer. It's the silent voice that pushes us to lose our passion in a vain attempt to seek safety. Fear. Here's number two. Fear of death. Fear of death. Psalm 23, 4 says this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And that word "yama" also means even. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, does it say when? No, it says when. It's gonna happen. You're gonna walk through very tough times, but even when you go through those tough times, fear no evil. Why? Because he's with you. He is with you. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty four and 55 says this. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is, your, where is your sting? You know, as a Christian, this is an amazing thing. We have these plans that God has for us. And I love the way the Apostle Paul said it. Hey, if I live, it's for your gain. If I die, I get to go to heaven. That's a win-win deal, y'all. That's a win-win deal. And there's no fear in that. You know, the hardest people in the world to defeat in any kind of a athletic competition are those that aren't scared. It's those that aren't scared. Have you ever been around anybody that just didn't seem to be scared of anything? They try anything. Hey, let's do this, let's do that. Oh, uh, you know, and they're like, come on, let's go. And they're burning this trail down through the middle of wherever those are the people a lot of times that change the world because they've learned to master their fear even the fear of death they're not even scared of that and as a Christian when we begin to really understand and apply the word of God into our life we can begin to see these principles and these promises that God has for us and we have to decide who we're going to believe remember fear is putting your faith in the wrong thing We need to put our faith in the word of God, not in what the devil tells us or the economists tell us. We need to trust God. Do you understand me? Who are you listening to? Here's another fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Future. What's out there? You know, it is so easy right now, and I want to encourage you guys, really watch how much news you watch. How many of you are watching CNN and Fox News all the time? Boy, those are encouraging, aren't they? If you're not depressed, go watch some news stations for a little while, right? I mean, let's be honest, and there's not anything with no, with, uh, about knowing what's going on in the world, but I promise you, if you sit around and you watch CNN more than three or four hours a day, man alive, y'all. I mean, because they're not in the business of, of point, pointing and pointing out happiness, are they? You know, when's the last time they said, you know, Sister Susie lost her puppy, but we found it. You don't see that very often, do you? It's all doom and gloom and fear. Did you know the stock market is based on fear and perception? It's not necessarily based on fact. It's based on fear and perception. Because people know that if they can manipulate your fear, well, let me just put it to you this way. How many hunters or sportsmen do I have in here? Hey, go out and buy me some twenty-two bullets. Where are those at? Why? Obama's going to take our guns. So what happens is we go out in fear and 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 we allow fear to drive us. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be wise and do things out of wisdom, but when we allow fear to consume us, it will control our lives. And we live in constant anticipation of bad things happening. We become like Eeyore. How many of you know who Eeyore is? Winnie the Pooh, the little donkey. Oh, it's probably going to rain today. Boy, those people are fun to hang around with, aren't they? Have you got any friends that are like that? Man alive, they're like little rays of sunshine. But here's the big one I want to talk to you about today fear of man. This is an exhaustive list. There's more fears you can go look up. But fear of man, this is where I want to camp out a little bit today. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. I did a word search this week in my Bible, and I typed in fear not, and you would be amazed how many times in the Bible fear not shows up. Over and over and over and over. I read some of Brother Copeland's stuff this week. I was studying all these different authors. And there is a wealth of information out there about fear. This particular story, Deuteronomy 31.6, is Moses talking to the children of Israel. Remember the plagues have all gone on? The, the Egyptians said, get out of here. So they sent them off and they came up to the Red Sea. You remember the story. They get up to the Red Sea and they look behind them and here comes Pharaoh and his bunch. And what happened to everybody? They got what? Scared. They got scared. Do you realize we've been fighting a war on terrorism, fear? Do you remember you, how you felt after September 11th? You felt vulnerable? All of us felt vulnerable? That's what terror does. And we begin to react that way. And we begin to let fear dictate our lives and begin to drag us around. And we're, we're especially scared of what people can do with us. And so here are the children of Israel down by the Red Sea and there's this army coming. They've got a, a, a sea on one side and an army on the other. What are we gonna do? How many of you have ever been in a spot like that before? In the South, we call it being caught between a rock and a hard place, right? Right? what does Moses say? Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. And my favorite scripture, he will not leave you or forsake you. And I've learned something. And this has been a recent revelation in my life. Really, probably over the last three or four weeks, last month or so, God's really begun to minister to me and teach me some things. And here's what he's been teaching me. It's really about courage. It's really about courage. It's really about do not fear, be strong and courageous. I have a cup. Some of the guys were laughing at me the other day. I've got a John Wayne cup. And here's what John Wayne says about fear and courage. He says, courage is being scared, but it's saddling up anyway. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is standing up in the face of fear. Courage is not allowing fear to lead you. Courage is leading fear and standing up to it. And the Bible tells us over and over and over and over again, do not be afraid, fear not, do not be afraid, trust in God. I want you to understand something. Here's what the Lord's been showing me. And I'm going to use one of my little accents because I just think it works better. (laughs) I thought of this this week while I was reading this story. And and I thought about, what if God babied us all the time? What if God babied us all the time? What if, you know, in in these situations where we run up between a rock and a hard place, we run up into these situations that look hopeless, if God reacted the way we want people to usually react to us? What if he had come down to him and go gotten with all the children of Israel and got with Moses and go, oh, my goodness. Here comes Pharaoh and the army. This is scary. Are y'all scared? This is scary. Let's all be scared together. And let's sing Kumbaya this is the voice that's going on in my head because I had this visual image of of God doesn't treat us like that, does he? And neither should we treat each other that way. And he showed me that very strongly because a lot of times what we want to do when we see our friends and our neighbors and those around us going through a hard time, we want to come comfort them and we should, but we also need to exhort them. We need to comfort each other when we're going through a hard time, yes, but we also need to stoke the fires in people and say, stand up. Get up. Be strong and have good courage. Don't be a weenie. Because many times in the the church of Christ, I'm talking about God's church, people look at us like a bunch of weenies. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Jesus died for this church, not so we could lay down and roll over and die every time something hard happens in our lives. And I get mad about this because it's true, and the Lord was even showing me out in my own life. It's not about fear. Fear is always going to be present. But it's about courage, and it's about believing God, even when you don't see the end yet. And I looked, and I saw the reason God didn't go down there and console them that this was so hard. Here come the Egyptians. He says, be strong and of good courage. Because God is with you. And I want to tell you today whatever situation it is that you're facing, you need to stand up. Guys, man up. Ladies, woman up. (laughs) 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 But seriously, we, we allow fear to rule and reign, and then we give fear the wrong place. And then we're, oh, no, I'm going to be sick. Oh, no, my family's going to fall apart. Oh, no. And now we're having faith in the wrong thing. And then we wonder why things don't work out right. Man, I'm starting to sound like T.D. Jakes or something. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but seriously, we've got to learn to stand up. We let the devil run all over us all the time, and then we wonder why things aren't going well. If I read my Bible right, Jesus says greater things will you do than I do because I go to the Father. And we just finished a series on the Holy Spirit about God's power and presence living in us. Are we going to believe it or not? Really. I'm tired of Christians getting pushed around. Because we let it happen. We let it happen. Because it's not scriptural. I don't see anywhere in my Bible that says, "Verily, verily, lay down and let the devil trump upon thee, for thou doth deserveth it." What I read is, "Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world." So it kind of depends on what you're going to believe, doesn't it? Are we going to believe God or not? Say man pastor I wish you'd get off my toes. I'll jump on your head if it'll help. <laughs> because we've got to stand up. Guys, look. Within 5 minutes of this location there's a couple of thousand people that don't know Jesus. And they're sick and they're broke and they're busted and they're disgusted. And Jesus said, "You're the light on the world. You're the light of the world. I sent you to reach them." And if the devil can get you so focused on your fear, you're never going to reach him. I can't go out in the world, Pastor. The wind might blow out my candle. Baby, you got an ever ready. You don't need to worry about it. You need to get out there and do it. We've got to stand up. Now, the first part of that is we've got to look at ourselves. You can't lead anybody until you lead yourself. And you gotta deal with your fear. You know what, I I was reading um, as as I was going through and studying this thing, this is so interesting. Here's, Here's what the psychologists say. You know, here's what the psychologists today say. In order for people to overcome fear, this is what the world says. In order for people to overcome fear, guess what they have to do? They have to face it. Isn't that interesting? Even the psychologists figured that out. So if 90% of us have some kind of fear in our life, the only way we're ever gonna overcome it is to face it. And here's the way you face it as a Christian. You gotta read what the word says. The Bible says this about me. My fear says this about me. My fear says this spider's gonna jump up and bite my face off. But the Bible says, greater am I than the spider, therefore I shall stompeth it. (laughs) Face it. Face it i'm not telling you don't be afraid what i'm telling you is don't live in it when that fear rises up against you let courage rise up god's word says this god's word says this destiny god's word says this when you face these trials what does god's word say because that's the final authority not how you feel how many of you ever felt like you were in love come on let me see your hand how many of you been married more than five years How many of you have ever felt like you weren't in love? Come on, let me. (laughs) Do we allow emotions to lead us? We shouldn't. Why? Because emotions come and go. You can go have bad pizza and have bad emotions. (laughs) We use our emotions. Wow, this isn't in my notes, but this is really pretty good. We allow our emotions to dictate what we'll do for God. We'll make a commitment to something in the church. Well, pastor, I don't feel like I should do that anymore. Really? A week ago, God told you to do it, but now you don't feel like you should do it anymore. Well, bless your heart, darling. Woman up. Bless your heart, man. Step up. Make a commitment to God and keep it. Let's begin to stand up and be the church that God's called us to be. Deal with your fear. Well, somebody, need, that was for somebody. So how do we cast out fear in our lives? How do we cast out fear? The Bible teaches us that perfect love casts out fear. I'm gonna read that again. The Bible teaches us that perfect love casts out fear. So in your next blank, love is the answer there. Now, that seems weird, doesn't it? How can love cast out fear? Listen to this. 1 John 4, 18 in the New Living Translation. Such love, the love of God in our hearts, has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's not for fear, is it not for fear of punishment? And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. His perfect accept- acceptance. I want to read some scriptures here. I love these. We've got plenty of time. My clock's out, so I just in faith know that I have plenty of time. <laughs> Listen to this. Isaiah 41:13. Here we go, Becky. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, "Fear not, I will help you." <laughs> For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, for I will help you. Exodus fourteen thirteen. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I love it in the Christmas story, Luke 2.10. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Hebrews 13, 6 says this, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what can man do to me. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, this is Jesus talking, not as the world gives do I give to you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So here's my question for you today. What are you scared of? What are you scared of? What's holding you back? What fear in your life is it that's allowed, you've allowed it to control you? Courage is being scared but saddling up anyway. And I wanna encourage you in this. God wants you to break free from your fears, guys. God wants to help you become the person that he's called you to be. And whatever fear's there, maybe some of the fears are there because of your past. That's usually where it comes from. And you failed. And so now fear's there and you don't ever wanna go there again because you're scared you're gonna get hurt. You're scared this, that, and the other thing. You're scared of what people are gonna think of you. You know what? I think you should be more concerned about what God thinks about you than what people think about you. And we need to come to him and we need to trust him. And the reason I'm so passionate about this is if we sit into my office and we really dig down into each of our lives individually. And there if there's a reason you're not close to him, it'll be because of something that happened to you and fear lives there now. Pastor, I'm scared to get hurt again. Pastor, I'm scared of what people are gonna think of me. Pastor, I'm scared I'm gonna fail. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna fail. Let me tell you something. I should be the prime example that you look at and go, if God can use him, he can use anybody. But here's what I've learned. We only lose if we quit. If you fall down, get up. I guarantee you, if I go out right now and I go riding on one of Ronnie's horses, if I fall off, you know what Ronnie's gonna say to me? Get up and get back on him. I'll never forget one time. We were down, I was a young man. I was probably 14 or 15 years old. And we had a family friend, he was really like an uncle to us, a guy that my dad went to college with. He was a PRCA roper down in Huntsville, Texas. That's a professional rodeo cowboy. He was a calf roper. And he trained calf roping horses. And if you've ever been around roping horses, they're kind of like, like Corvettes. They have one speed, wide open, okay? And, and these horses that are real good are really intense. And my uncle said, hey, get up on this horse and ride him. He was training this horse. And... and This horse's name, I think, was Dynamite or Buckshot or something, which should have been a clue, you know. Uh. (laughs) But anyway, I got up on this horse, and this horse saw a calf out in the pasture just running around. So, boy, here he went, and I was so not in control, I was holding on. And there was this lane all the way around the arena. And I don't know how fast we were going, but my cheeks were pulled back and my hairs, I couldn't, you know, my eyes were open. I mean, I was going 5,000 miles an hour. This was a fast horse. And I was just holding on. And my dad's going, hold on. And we went all the way around that thing, set some kind of land speed record. And he ran back to where we started. And I was scared to death. You know what I wanted? First off, I was just proud I didn't fall off and die. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you're like, oh, you know, I didn't die. Oh, that's good. I want to get off. And I'll never forget what my dad said. Write him again. Write him again. And I wrote him again. And guess who was in control this time? Me. I'll never forget that. I learned that lesson. When you get knocked down, you get up. If you get it knocked down, 99 times you get up, 99, you get up. Because the Spirit of God lives in you, and you cannot be defeated. And I want to tell you who the devil's scared of. He's not scared of perfect people. He's scared of redeemed people that don't let sin keep them down and get up and keep going back to the cross and going back to the cross and going back to the cross and say, Lord, change me. Make me the person you want me to be. And you keep getting up, and he can't beat you. Thank you. I'm preaching better than y'all are amening, but, you know, I, thank you, Sue, for being there. But the truth is that's the kind of God we serve, and yet we let fear define us. And that's such a fun way to live because it's not biblical, guys. Trust me, if I could go through this book this manual that we just said, we believe it, that every word in it is true. And it said, you know what? You should really be scared a lot. I would tell you that. But God over and over again says, look, I know you're gonna face fear. Jesus says, don't be afraid. I know it's gonna be hard out there. Don't be afraid. I died so that you could be free. I sent the Holy Spirit to walk beside you and live in you so that you don't have to be a prisoner to all of these things. Do it. Do it. Now here's the deal. Two things are gonna happen today when you leave. Some of you are gonna walk out. He's a little crazy, that's okay. (laughs) But you have a choice to make when you hit those doors. Are you gonna believe it or not? And these aren't my words, guys. These are the words that God would give us today to walk out into that world. Are you gonna let fear define you? Or are you gonna stand up to it and say, I'm gonna believe God's word more than I believe how I feel? And if you'll begin to do that and begin to act on it, he will change your life. Do you understand me? It's true. Do not let fear define you. Hope in God, trust in God, allow him To make you the person that he wants you to be amen let's pray father I thank you for your word I thank you for your truth Lord I thank you that this is real (laughs) and I pray father right now for the different people that are in this room there are people here that are facing fear in their lives some of them are paralyzed by fear when I'm speaking today, they're like, oh man, that's me. But I want you to look up, look up at hope. Because of a cross, you don't have to live that way. Because of a cross. And he didn't just die on that cross, he rose again to give you victory. He said, it's good that I go away, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, he's gonna comfort you. And he's going to remind you of all the things that I've taught you, Jesus said. (laughs) And then he said, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Even when the wind blows and it gets hard, don't be afraid. I will never leave you. Even when it's hard. I'm not going to leave you. Don't be afraid. Even when it's dark outside, even when the storm's blowing, even when it's raining, even when you can't even look up. He's right there. Be strong and of good courage. The Lord's going to fight your battle. Be strong and courageous to lead these people. Be strong. When you fall down, repent and get back up. Get back up. Lord, I just pray right now that you would speak to the hearts of everyone that's here today. I know, Lord, there are those that are hurting and they're lost. and Father, there are people here that need your help. They need a real God, not an idea. And so, Father, I pray right now that you would minister to them, that you would reach them where they are. That you would speak to their heart. If you're here today... And you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never accepted Him as your Savior. Slip your hand up. Say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus. Or if you're a Christian and you're here today and you've wandered away, you've done your own thing, and you're ready to come back home to Him, you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, just slip your hand up. Pastor, that's me. Amen. See that hand. Or maybe you're here today and you're one of the people I'm talking about. You're scared. There's fear that's, that's leading certain areas of your life and it's paralyzing you or, or it's affecting your, your family. It's affecting your job. It's affecting you at school. Whatever it is, this fear has control of a certain portion of your life and, and you want to be free. And if that's you today, slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. Well, here's what I'm going to do. This is the most important thing we do. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come forward. And I'm going to open the old altars up for a minute. And we're going to pray that whatever your need is, God's going to help you and he's going to meet you there. So if you're fighting a fear, if you're just wanting to rededicate your life, whatever the challenge is that you're dealing with, the altars are open. And we're just going to take a couple of minutes because this is too important.